Let's go, Brandon! How many times have you heard that this week? Maybe once, maybe twice, or maybe you have never even heard the chant that I just said. So the backstory behind this chant is basically this guy in NASCAR ended up winning the championship or whatever it's called, and they started chanting something vulgar. Well, the news reporter in a scramble to try to cover up what they were really chanting said, let's go Brandon. Brandon meaning the guy that won the race. That was actually his name. But the reporter was covering up the vulgarity of it saying F Joe Biden. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go Brandon. Brandon, you told Now today we're going to dive into what the Bible has to say about authority and honor. Ungodly authority, godly authority, what is our attitude as Christians and how should we be responding when people say things like, let's go Brandon. My heart is to show you guys what it means to be a Christian, a Christ follower, someone who has an attitude of honor, a heart of honor. So where we're going to start off today is the first lesson we're going to look at is from Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel chapter 3, the backstory of this story is three men were given a choice. They were given a choice by an evil king named Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a king where he actually erected a golden statue of himself. He told all of the nation of Israel that they needed to bow down and worship this king in order to serve in this kingdom. Like every time that he played a sound, every time that he made it, he made a, a declaration or every time he said that they needed to do so, if they didn't do it, he threatened them and said that they would face certain death. Now, mind you, to worship any graven image is already a sin. God made it very clear, you shall worship the Lord your God and no one else. You shall have no other gods before him. You shall have no graven images. Like they are being told to do the very thing that their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob told them not to do. So now we pick up this story in Daniel chapter 3, where Nebuchadnezzar brings them before his throne. Daniel chapter 3 verse 13 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar in furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, here comes the, the threat, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace, and who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? Now, pay attention to how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego respond to the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, 
Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. The story goes on to say that King Nebuchadnezzar got so furious that he actually turned the furnace up like three to four times hotter than it normally was, maybe even more. But he goes to throw these men in the furnace. But what I wanted to focus on today is the way that those three men responded to the king. What did they say when they were faced with the decision to honor and to disobey? They said, O king, multiple times, O king, God will deliver us out of our out of your hand. O king, we are not don't need to answer you on this matter because they knew that God would fight for them on their behalf. And the lesson that we take from this story in the Bible is that they were being forced to bow down and worship an image that was not their God. And they were being told, if you don't do this, you are going to die. I don't know how many of you have been in a situation where you've literally faced certain death for not doing something that goes against the very core of who you are. But that was this situation. But I wanted to make it very clear that they honored the king even in their disobedience. And that's one of the big ideas today too, is that even in their disobedience, they still valued the king. They still honored him. They still knew that that the Lord has given all authority that is given is only given by God. And those placed in authority may not act godly all the time or may not even be godly. But those who are called Christ followers, or in this case, followers of Yahweh, they honored the king even in the midst of the furnace. And the cool miracle is that the fourth man appeared in the furnace and they were completely unscathed. And the glory of God was shown to King Nebuchadnezzar. And then they ordered all of the nation to bow down and worship to Yahweh and to serve him only because he revealed himself to them. That is a prime example of what it looks like to honor, but still disobey. Now, why did I bring up this story when it relates to the chant that I said in the beginning? Because that chant, the undertone of it is dishonor. The undertone of F. Joe Biden or Let's Go Brandon is really a dishonoring chant. Now, it's one thing if you disagree with him on politics or you disagree with him on abortion or you disagree with him on his policies and what he's doing in the administration, but it's a whole nother issue when it comes to dishonoring the man or woman of God that God has placed into authority. Now you're not attacking the man or the woman. Now you're actually attacking the authority of God. Now when you honor God and you honor those who he's placed in authority, you actually come under God's grace. You actually come under God's love, and you actually submit yourself to authority. That doesn't mean unconditional submission. Of course not. There's very evil, wicked, tyrannical leaders, dictators even. But that doesn't mean that you unconditionally submit. So let's look at a couple other places in Scripture and what the Bible has to say about honor. So we're going to turn to Romans 12, verses 9 through 13. So Romans 12 is talking about the conduct of a believer. What it should look like when a Christian is walking like Jesus. And this is where we pick up in verse 9. It says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Or in other words, hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. 
Love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing what? Honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer and contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Now, this is talking about believers. This is talking about Christians. But I wanted to highlight this same word honor is the same type of honor that the three men in the fire gave to King Nebuchadnezzar. They honored him. That word honor there is actually to treat people as precious and valuable to the Lord. In the Greek, that word honor, it means the honor which belongs or is shown to someone one has by reason of rank or state of office which he holds, reverence. So this honor that we're talking about is a biblical honor. So what does is, what is biblical honor look like? It means to value. So if I don't see someone for their created value, if I don't see someone that they are an image bearer of God, that they have the image of God bestowed upon their person, then I will treat them however I want to treat them. I will see them in the light of who I think they are and what they deserve instead of who they actually are and what God created them to be, which is they are created in the image of God. Now, they may not be a Christian. They may not be a believer. They may be an unbeliever. They may be an evil, wicked person, but you're still called to love them and honor them. You're still called to have respect and reverence. And if like, for example, let's just say if Biden were to walk into my living room right now, Let's just say he walks in and I'm watching television and he comes right through the front door to say hello. I stand up. I look him in the eyes. I shake his hand and I tell him, thank you for coming. I honor you. Now, you don't always have to say I honor you, but that's just an illustration, an example of what honor might look like. But at the end of the day, honor is to value him. If he were to walk in my door, I would say, hi, how's it going? Like, it's good to see. You. I appreciate you coming here today. Thank you for giving me your time. I'm putting value on what someone is giving me. And that is, I'm putting value on their person, valuing that they are made in the image of God. And, and it's really hard, like honestly, it's really hard to understand in the West what honor looks like. And I see all the time on social media, I'm sure you do too, seeing all the time people making videos about someone slamming them, slandering them, whatever the case may be, saying they're a terrible person, this and that and other thing. And it's okay to disagree. And there's things that we should disagree on, but you can honor and you can value and you can hold precious in the sight of God. If you wouldn't say it to their face, I'd really question if you should be saying it behind their back or even at all. So we're going to continue to look in God's word, Romans chapter 13, and what it says about submitting to the authorities. Now, I know that the last two years, people have used this passage of scripture way out of context and I'm not gonna I'm gonna seek to not do that today <laughs> I really want to show you guys what it says in the word and you're gonna read along with me and we're gonna do verse 1 through 7 today Romans 13 and I really want you guys to see what it looks like to submit to governing authorities but 
what it looks like to honor even when you disobey. Because it's not unconditional submission, it's unconditional honor. So let's talk about that. Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. What does that mean? Submitting. Submission. So I submit to your authority. For there is no authority except from God. Those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Why? Because God has placed those in authority to bring judgment and wrath. It says that further on. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. If you are a good citizen, if you are a law-abiding citizen, then you have no reason to fear the authorities. For he is God's servant for your good. So whether you like it or not, Joe Biden is God's servant. Whether he's acting like it or not, he's still God's servant. Whether he lives for Jesus or not, he's still been appointed by God as his servant. And sometimes those servants come to bring judgment on a nation. There's plenty of times in the history of the Bible where God brings judgment on a nation through wicked leaders. If you do what is wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. Verse 5, or verse 4, sorry. For he is the servant of God, an avenger, who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. God uses those whom he placed in authority to enact his judgment and his wrath. That's why it said in verse 4, if you read it again, be afraid if you do wrong, for he does not bear the sword in vain. That phrase, bear the sword, it means to literally enact judgment, enact wrath. It's to take someone out to punish them, um, retribution, in order to punish someone for their wrongdoing. Verse 5 says, Therefore, one must be in subjection. Again, that word just means submission. Not only to avoid God's wrath, but for the sake of conscience. For because of you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. If you've ever wondered, why in the world am I paying taxes? It's because you're, you're paying for the authorities of God that have been placed there to do their job. They are public servants. Now, America is different because it's a constitutional republic. It's, a, it's one of the only systems in the world, the only system in the world, to operate where we've put public servants in place. Nonetheless, those public servants are still authority is given by God. Now, verse 7 says, here's the verse I want to capitalize on, pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes is owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, and respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. Now, just because the authority was placed, like Romans 13 says, by God, we are to be subject to the governing authorities. Now, if what they're doing is immoral, unethical, ungodly, now, now that submission comes into question. Because I'm called to honor and to unconditionally honor, but I'm not called to unconditionally submit. For example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that lesson that we learned earlier, that was an example of people who did not submit 
They disobeyed, but in their disobedience, they still honored and valued the king who God placed there in the first place. Those are in, those in authority are there instituted by God, but that does not mean that they're godly or their behavior is God-honoring. Still, our attitude and our, our position should be to honor those whom God has placed in authority. So what does this mean for us? What is our Christian responsibility toward a wicked, ungodly leader? What is our response to a godly leader? What is our response to a Christian leader? It's all the same. It's honor and submission until it becomes God dishonoring. Because that submission to that authority should not supersede your submission to God, right? Because Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then love your neighbor as yourself. You must love God first and above all. Whatever he says goes. Now those he places in authority, what can we do as our Christian response for these people in authority and how can we honor them? Some practical tips for you guys today. One is we're going to pray for them. Matthew 5, 44 through 47 talks about praying for your enemies, the Beatitudes. Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount teaches us to pray for those who persecute us, do good to those who do evil to us. That is how we show the example of Christ to the world. Why? Because the Father does not show partiality. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. He makes the sun rise on the good and the evil. Jesus said, there's no reward for you if you only love those who love you. Even Gentiles, tax collectors, and sinners love those who love them. That is why when it is most difficult to honor, when it is most difficult, when you are being persecuted and talked down to and ridiculed and slandered and gossiping about all of those things are an opportunity for you to value the one whom God has placed in authority over you. Number two is we're going to honor unconditionally. Doesn't matter if you treat me wrong, because if, if the, in the world, if you treat me wrong, I'm going to get you back. If you treat me wrong, well, I'm going to treat you wrong. You did that to me, I'm going to do that to you. You get what you deserve. But Jesus shows us the way of humility and honor. It goes back to Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. He shows us how to walk like Him. That means we speak of those in positions of authority. We speak of them with respect and value. Matthew 12, 33-37, Jesus said to the people, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And a good tree does not bear bad fruit, and a bad tree does not bear good fruit. For a good tree will produce good fruit. An apple tree does not stand there going, trying to get oranges to come out. An apple tree simply just bears apples. In the same way, you will know them by their fruit. That is referencing false teachers, but as Christians, we'll know each other by our fruit. We'll know that if you're experiencing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, as Galatians says in Galatians 5, that if we are experiencing and we are living out the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of our life, we our words will match our heart. 
And if we're speaking badly, if we're dishonoring, devaluing, and not caring for those in authority as precious before the Lord, then our heart is rotten. Our tree is bad. Point number three is they're made in God's image. It goes back to original design. Adam and Eve were given the image of God in Genesis, saying, in the image of God we made them, male and female we made them. What did they do? God made us in His image. Yes, that was marred by sin. Yes, that was marred by by depravity and fallenness and wickedness. Like, I use those words because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God and all of us are wicked without Jesus and without regeneration and the Holy Spirit and being born again. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again or you will not see the kingdom of God. If you do not have the Spirit of God, even those who are wicked say they are good, they're not good. There is none good but God. And that is why I can look at someone who's made in God, God's image and I can honor them and value them and appreciate who God made them to be. That is the authority that God set in place. That is someone I'm going to submit to as long as it doesn't go against the word of God and the convictions of the Holy Spirit. I will submit and I will honor. But as soon as that line is crossed... I'm going, to, I'm going to not submit any longer, and I'm going to submit to God. If Caesar comes for your body, if Caesar comes for your life and says, bow down and worship me, that is where the line is drawn. Now, every situation is going to look different, but honor and submit until you can no longer submit, but still you honor because that's the heart posture of a Christian. And I think the fourth point is this. Romans 5 says that for while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. What we have to remember is that Jesus died for Joe Biden. Whether you like to think about it like that or not, that is the truth. Jesus gave his life for you and for me, and for the president of the United States, and the dictator North Korea, and the dictator in China. The point I'm trying to make is that when you think of any world leader, it doesn't matter what context, Jesus gave his life and rose again for them as well. Romans 5 shows us that Jesus died and gave his life for those who are in authority above us. And he showed his mercy. And if God willingly showed his mercy to us, why would we withhold that? Why would we withhold honor from whom honor is due? Why would we withhold respect from whom respect is due when we were sinners dead in our sin and Jesus stepped in to that story and redeemed us, believers, I'm talking to you, Christian, talking to you, believer, you who stands in the blood of Jesus, guiltless before the throne of God, and you are faultless, and you are pure, and you are holy, and you are blameless only by the righteousness of Jesus, but yet you can look at your authority and dishonor them and devalue them and not hold them as precious in the sight of God? Have you truly understood the love of Christ?
Have you truly understood the grace, the mercy, and the value that He placed on you at Calvary? He thought that His life was worth your salvation. And when I look at those God who's placed in authority, when I say, when you hear Christians say, let's go Brandon, what they're really saying is they aren't valuable. They aren't blood-bought. If they choose to believe in Jesus, then they will become, just like you and me, a son or daughter of God. If they choose to put their faith in Christ Jesus, give their allegiance to the one true King, they will be a son or daughter of God. And I want to love them to that decision, whether they choose Him or not. I want to value them as precious and valuable to God. So when we honor someone, in recap, it doesn't mean that we agree with what they do or say all the time. As believers in Christ, we seek to imitate Jesus and His nature through the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To honor is to see someone's value, and it's to see them through the lens of God's love. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Allegiance podcast with Joe Stephen. We have new episodes uploaded every week. Join us next time as we make our way through the Bible to see what it looks like to faithfully follow Jesus.